You're listening to the Avenue Church Podcast. Our desire is that this message will inspire you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. For more info and to connect with us, visit us online at theavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Happy Mother's Day. So glad you're with us in the room, in this campus, those online. Mother's Day is a special day. It's a day that we set aside to really celebrate and appreciate what moms do because you are the most overworked, underappreciated people in the entire world. And so today, as you listen to this message from the video, the last line's best. Take a breath. Just take a breath. You're gonna be okay. And so today, most pastors come out and they pull out Proverbs 30 and they express how it, what it takes to be the perfect mom. The Avenue, we do things a little different and we didn't think that was the best course of action. Because I believe as we all come together and every mom in this room, I'm not a mom, but I guarantee you every mom in this room feels like they failed in one way or another. There's not a mom in this room that looks at their life and goes, man, I have it together. I am acing this stuff. My kids are incredible. They're perfect. They never lie. My career is exactly where I want it. My house is as clean as anybody's house could ever be. I'm beautiful and I have a perfect husband. That didn't describe anybody, did it? Not one person. Now, all the models that we see and all the things that we see on TV, it appears to be that way. I mean, I remember some of you, this dates me, I understand. But listen, I've embraced old age. Uh, When you start graying at 18, you might as well embrace it. I, I watched a show when I was a young boy called Leave It to Beaver. Anybody know what that show is? Leave It to Beaver. Now, Leave It to Beaver had this mom in it named June Cleaver. June Cleaver was a housewife. She stayed at home. She took care of her family. But every morning at breakfast, she is wearing a dress, high heels, and a pearl necklace. How many of you moms dress like that in the morning? How many of you moms dress like that in the afternoon? You just, I mean, it's amazing when you watch it. And she was the perfect mom. As you go up a little bit, the Cosby Show comes out and you see Clara Huxtable, who's a a successful lawyer and and she runs her home and she's brilliant and wise and everything out of her mouth is is a jewel to be gathered in. And you think, I can't live like that. And so today, what I wanna point out for most moms is there's two basic things that we do have in common, all of us, not just moms. There are two basic things that we all hold on to and this is where most moms are finding themselves this morning on Mother's Day. Number one is fear of failure. You're afraid you're messing your kids up. You're afraid that you're not doing the things that you need to do. Or you look back at your life when you had children and you see all of the mistakes. You see all of the things you wish you could do different. If you could just get a do-over, I would have done it this way. And so for everyone in the room, everyone listening, we have the fear of failure. Fear that we failed in one way or another. We haven't measured up. We haven't been good enough. We haven't done the things we need to do. And then the second thing that we all have in common, especially mothers, is frustration. Some of you experienced that frustration this morning getting your kids ready, right? And I know some of you out there, you don't understand, I got a crazy mom. You have a crazy mom because of you. (laughs) It's your fault your mom's crazy. There was a time that every mother was a young woman who was carefree, had a goal, agenda, had her life together and knew what she was doing, and then you came along. You, if you got a crazy mom, it's your fault. Stop pointing out. Start looking in the mirror. It's your fault. Some of you had that frustration this morning just trying to have a good day. Just trying. You want things to go right just once. 
When our family was young, we had uh, four little ones under seven years old, and we'd take a day and we'd decide, you know, we're going to have a great day today. We're going to go to the zoo, or we're going to go do the park, or we're going to go do something. And you put those four heathens in the back of the minivan, and you weren't pulled out of the neighborhood, and they were going crazy. And you looked at your spouse and went, why? Why do we have all these kids? Why do we try? Just lock them in their room and let's go out, the two of us. So there's frustration. And so today, instead of holding up the perfect mom and you feeling the fear of failure and frustration, I want to point out some moms in the Bible. Because one of the things I've told you about the Bible, if you've listened very long, is the Bible tells us the truth about the people in it. And I love that. It doesn't sugarcoat it. It doesn't try to make it something it's not. And when we look at the Bible and we read it, we see examples of our own lives. And they're played out in front of us. And we can see how God is faithful even in your most frustrating times. How God is faithful even in the times that you have failed. Because we've all had those moments. There's been a moment that you said something you wish you could take back. There's been a moment that you lost your mind and you went out of your head and, and you did things that you wish you didn't. We all have those failures. The great thing in the word of God is when we read about the failures of the men and women in the Bible, we see how God remains faithful. And so that's where we find our hope. And that's where I want you to find today in your fear of failure. I want you to see this hope. In your frustration, I want you to celebrate the things that God is doing. The first mother in the Bible is Eve. We, Eve, talk about Eve. Eve gets a real bad rap. And you know, I've hear, heard the joke before, you know, where would man be without women? We'd be in the Garden of Eden with God. I mean, I've heard the jokes and we, we think we're so funny. Eve gets a bum rap because number one, every person in that situation would have sinned because we were by nature sinners. We would have sinned, you would have sinned. And then for the men who think it's the wife's fault, the man was standing right next to her during the entire conversation. So Eve gets this bad rap, but let's talk about Eve. Eve is the first mother. She's the mother of all humanity. Her first two, one of them killed the other one. Eve was the first mom to bury a child. And then the other child was banished. Can you imagine her fears? Can you imagine how she felt she failed? How did she raise this child to murder his brother? And then she's the first mom to put a son in the ground, which is never an easy thing. But we see that God was faithful through that time. We have Sarah. Sarah lived in a time, this is Abraham's wife. She lived in a time that their worth as a woman was found in the number of children she could bear her husband. She is 90 years old, never had a child. Her community talked about her. People felt sorry for her. And to make matters worse, Abraham tells her, God told me I'm going to be the father of many nations. What pressure is that for her? And then all of a sudden, she tries to take matters into her own hands. So she brings in her maidservant, and Abraham has a child with a maidservant named Ishmael. How many times do moms, how do women sometimes get the idea that they can fix something and they make matters worse? That's what we see Sarah do. But God was faithful. And God gave Isaac, and Father Abraham is the father of many nations. Even today, God is faithful. So in your fear of failure, understand there's hope because God remains faithful. We read about Moses' mother. Moses' mother had a very tough decision to make. 
Pharaoh had decided that every male born to the Hebrew race was to be put to death. The Hebrews were outnumbering the Egyptians and they were multiplying and growing. And so the Pharaoh said to put a stop to it, all boys would be destroyed. So this mother is pregnant. And she's praying that it's a girl. But nonetheless, Moses comes out, her child, her boy. And she has to make a critical decision to save his life. She takes him and she puts him in a basket and she floats him down the Nile River with his sister following in the distance. Can you imagine what that mother felt like to give Moses up? Then the Pharaoh's daughter draws him out of the water. That's what his name means. And the girl comes up and says, I know somebody who can can take care of the child, be a nanny for you. And she goes and gets Moses' mom to be the nanny. So can you imagine Moses' mom watching someone else raise their child? Can you imagine having to give up a child? The fear, that, that failure in your life. I'm thankful for women who at a time in their life were not ready to be a mom would be strong enough to give a child to someone else. I'm the product, my youngest son, his biological mother was strong enough to let him go. God's faithful. There's hope, even in the midst of an incredibly hard situation. And I know some of you have been in that situation and that lingers in your heart, but we have a faithful God, a God of hope. We have Rebecca. We talked about her a little last week, if you listened to that message. Rebecca was the uh, mother to Isaac and, uh, no, I'm sorry, was Isaac's wife. He was a, she was a mother to Jacob and Esau. And you heard the story of Jacob and Esau. You can watch it online. She favored Jacob over Esau and she used her maternal manipulation to make sure that Jacob had the blessing. She did so much because she loved Jacob that she ended up causing problems in the family for 30, 40 years. Because of her love for Jacob, she put herself in a bad situation. Then we have a mother in the Bible named Bathsheba. Many of you are familiar with Bathsheba, right? It's David and Bathsheba. It's a very popular story, even if you're not in church. One day, David, he's not where he's supposed to be. He's looking out over Jerusalem. He sees a beautiful woman in the distance. He decides that he wants that woman. He brings her in to his palace. He gets that woman pregnant, and to cover up the fact that she's pregnant, he has her husband killed. That's how this relationship began. That child that caused all this to start died at birth. Tragedy. But then another child was born. That next child, that child was named Solomon, the wisest king of all time. Not really set to inherit David's throne, but God had a plan. And even though Bathsheba started in a terrible circumstance, God had a plan. God brings hope. Even in our failures, God brings hope. And I want you to hear that, moms. I want you to see it. As we talk about a a mother that has been called the Holy Mother, Mary. Now, in the Catholic Catholic denomination, we've kind of venerated her up to the part that she was perfect and and she was holy without sin. Uh, And that's not my belief. That's not my understanding. My understanding is Mary was just like me and you, which means from birth, she was prone towards sin. And there were occasions that she did have sin in her life. Because of this, when she gave birth to Jesus, when she found out she was pregnant with the Son of God, there were struggles for her. There was a, can you imagine trying to raise God? I mean, that's the fear of failure for sure. And I can imagine she was frustrated with Jesus at times, can't you? 
Can you imagine giving Jesus a bath? Stop walking on the water, get in the water. You know she was frustrated. She was frustrated one time at 12 years old. She had gone a day and a half journey. She looks back, Jesus isn't with them. She's lost her child. She has one responsibility, get that child grown. She lost him. She goes back and when you read the scripture, she gets Jesus, he's in the temple and she looks at him and goes, don't you know what you're doing to me? You're driving me crazy. And Jesus answers, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? You tell me Mary didn't want to smack him. <laughs> I know he's Jesus and all, and you're not supposed to say that. You know she was frustrated. You know she felt like a failure as a mom. You know all the way back, Joseph was saying, really, you can't even keep up? You know that she was frustrated. Here's this mother. Think about what she went through. She had to go tell her fiance that she was gonna have a baby, but she hadn't been with anybody. She had explained to her mom and dad that her and Joseph hadn't been together, but she was going to have a child. The village looked at her, shunned her. Look at what she went through. Did she have her doubts? You better believe it. In the Bible, it says Mary pondered all of these things. Mary pondered these things because they were too much for her to grab a hold of. In fact, one time during Jesus' ministry, he's getting real popular. And he's saying things like, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Mary gets her family together and they go try to have an intervention with Jesus. They try to bring him home because she doubted. She had fear. She pondered, which means she molded them over in her mind with frustration, with fear of failure, and she didn't know what to do. But the best picture I have of Mary, the best picture is when all the disciples fled and they nailed her son to the cross. When everybody was afraid for their life, there was Mary at the foot of the cross. When everybody else left him, she didn't. Isn't that a picture of a mom? Yeah. I mean, in all the failures and all the fears and all the doubts and all the frustration, you're still there. You're always there. And your child may not appreciate that because once again, your child is also broken. Your child also has sin in their life. Your child may have said things to you that you cannot get out of your head, but know this, there's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Take a breath and have hope. As a mother, you always tend toward the negative. It's natural, but that's not just moms, is it? I mean, honestly, I can have 100 people tell me I had a great sermon and one person criticized me and I, I'm defeated. Isn't that all of us? We're drawn to the negative. So as a mom, when you look at your volume of work, <clears throat> you're not gonna see the times that you got up and made breakfast. You're not gonna see the times that you made sure the kids had the costume. You're not gonna see the times that you cared for the kids and tucked the kids in. All that's gonna come to your mind is the things you did not do, your failures. That's why on the news tonight, they're not gonna go through a, a thousand planes that landed safely at DFW. <laughs> but if one of them crashes, it's gonna make national news, am I right? The same way in our lives, we tend toward the negative, we tend toward the things where we failed. In fact, Peter says it this way, try to be self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. He wants to devour you. 
this idea that you can be the perfect mom. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. But there is hope for every mom. There's hope. In the middle of your failures, in the middle of your pain, remember there's always hope. When you're frustrated, and I know that happens, when you're frustrated, when you take too much responsibility for your child's failings, if your child fails a test, it's not your fault. If your child gets hurt on the playground, it's not your fault. If the child gets hurt in your house, it's not your fault. When you take all of this responsibility for your children, you've got to understand that frustration and you've got to let that go because that is not on you. That's on them. When they grow up, they're going to make choices you don't like. And let me tell you, if you could control them, I would have done it. I'd love to live my kid's life. I've lived mine, messed it up, now let me live yours. It does not work that frustration, that hope. So what I ask you to do in the middle of frustration is simply celebrate. When your teenager room is completely destroyed, celebrate the fact that you haven't killed them yet. (laughs) Shut the door. Celebrate the fact that he looks more like you than he looks like his dad. Celebrate the little things. When that frustration comes, you need to take a breath and celebrate. When that failure comes, you need to take a breath and celebrate. We talked about Mary, right? We talked about Mary. Mary has been told by an angel that she's gonna be pregnant out of wedlock with a child. She has been told, she knows she's gonna have to explain it to her fiance, Joseph. He's not going to believe her. She's going to have to explain it to her mom and dad. That Listen, we, we think the biblical people are different than we are. They're no different. How many of you, your 15-year-old daughter, could convince you that God made her pregnant? <laughs> That's what she was up against. A village that would shun her. Possibility even of being put to death for having sex out of marriage. Do you know what the Bible says she did? The Bible says she celebrated says this, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. In the middle of your failures, there's hope. In the middle of your frustrations, Celebrate. Moms, you know how to celebrate. You're better at it than anybody. You find out you're pregnant, you have the reveal parties. That's incredible. Can you imagine if the dad was in charge of a reveal party? (laughs) When your child has a birthday, you go all out. Can you imagine a dad? Every present would be in a Walmart bag. (laughs) It's just the way it is. You know how to celebrate. And so I'm asking you, in the middle of your frustration, don't forget to celebrate. So what we do is we take one day a year and we celebrate you. That's today. So let us celebrate you. Those in this room, those in this. If you're a mom, there's a song we just sang, and I love that song. May his favor be upon you, on your family, on your children, on their children, and on their children. So in both campuses, 
If you're a great-grandmother, would you just stand? A great-grandmother. Can we celebrate them? If you're a grandmother today, stand with them. If you're a grandmother. Hey, isn't being a grandparent the very best? We're not responsible for those little pagans. We just get to love on them. If you're a mom, would you stand and let us celebrate you? And if you desire to be a mom, stand with them as we pray over you. With all of our moms and the moms in the future and the moms that want to be moms one day, let me pray. Let me pray over all of you. Father God, I thank you for a beautiful word. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that there's always hope. God, help us in the middle of our failure, find hope. Help us in the middle of our frustrations, celebrate and know, know God, that we are in your hand. Father, as you looked down at Mary at the foot of the cross, and you took care of her. We know you'll take care of every mom listening today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Our hope is that this message inspires you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. We'd love to hear from you and get you connected on your journey. Visit theavenuechurch.com slash connect to get started. To hear the latest from us, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.